welcome to another edition of According to the Scriptures. My name is Mike Crosby, and I am the minister of the South Garland Church of Christ, located in Garland, Texas. And today we're going to be covering how are men saved today, and our text is going to be coming from Acts chapter 2 and the verses 40. But before I do that, I'd like to encourage you the same way Paul encouraged the church at Corinth from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In verse number 1, Remember, Paul says that he preached unto them the gospel. In verse number two, he says, if they keep this gospel in remembrance, they are saved. But let me further encourage you the way he encouraged them, beginning from verse number three. He says, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's why every broadcast that we give is going to reference the gospel of Jesus Christ, and everything that we say will be according to the scriptures. Again, our topic today is, how are men saved today? And I'll be reading from Acts chapter 2 and the verses 40, and the Bible says, And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Joining me today on this broadcast, I've got two very fine evangelists. I've got Brother Reginald Reed, the youth minister from the 4th Avenue Church of Christ located in Dallas, Texas. Brother Reed, good to have you today, sir. It's good to be here, Mike. Amen. Also joining me today is Brother Archie Green, who works in the evangelism department in the downtown Church of Christ in Cedar Hill, Texas. Brother Green, good to have you, sir. Morning, Mike. Appreciate you having me. Well, thank you. I'm going to start off with Brother Reed right now. And when we're talking about how are men saved today, you know, first of all, let's define being saved simply is the state of being delivered uh, from the penalty of one's sins. And they are in a reconciled relationship with God in the kingdom of his son, Jesus Christ. Now, I want to say this first and foremost, it is Jesus who saves. And that's Matthew one twenty one, right. And we're saved according to his mercy by being washed in the, in the waters of regeneration, Titus chapter 3 and the verses 5. But that's what God does. That's God's part. Yes. And, but man also has a part to play, does he not? Yes. And in order for us to obtain this salvation, God brings us to salvation, but there's something that we have to do to obtain that salvation, and we have to receive salvation. So there are a lot of there are a lot of confusion and a lot of topics on how men are saved today. So, brother, brother uh, Reginald, I'm going to start with you. Are men saved today by grace only? No, Mike. Uh, in fact, grace comes from a word "cherish," which has to do with kindness that is bestowed on someone which he or she did not deserve. Mm -hmm. I'm reminded of what Paul said in Romans five and eight. But God committed, demonstrated his love toward us, mm -hmm. in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Also in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 1 and verse 13, it has to do with an unmerited favor. Mm -hmm. And so, which, which lets us know that this simply brings us to the fact that the gospel is for all men. Yes, sir. And so forth. But although it is for all men, just like Titus says in 2 and 11, it had appeared unto all men just because something had appeared under them, it's up to that man to take uh, 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 take over that and, and, and make something with it. Absolutely. But you know, it, it's real simple for some people to get confused about, you know, well, I am saved by grace only, because, uh, you know, when I was doing a meeting uh, in, in a southern part of the state, 
uh, a minister, you know, interrupted while I was preaching and says, no, 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 that's not the way it works. And he came over here to Ephesians chapter 2 in the verses 5, and it says, even when we were dead in our sins, have quickened us together with Christ, by grace are ye saved. And so that's why the question came up, well, are we saved by grace only? What, what would you say to that, brother? Well, I think that sometimes we read and we read and we stop too short. Amen. Because in verse number 8, he yes, lets sir. us know that for by grace are you saved through faith. So, and so that lets us know that grace has to be accompanied yes, sir. with and by something else. He says, and not that of yourselves, but it is a gift, like I mentioned earlier. And so mm -hmm. we just can't stop at grace. Grace is good. Yes. Because I'm glad that God uh, did something for me that I did not deserve. Amen. And so forth. Amen. Well, wonderful. I appreciate that. Uh, well, also, let me get to uh, Brother Green right now. One, one, oh, one go ahead, Brother Green. Don't mind. You know, a, a lot of people uh, misapply the grace thing because I believe from a human standpoint, it's easier. Mm -hmm. uh, human nature says we want the easy way out. But when, as, as, as Reg said a while ago, when the Bible says that grace had appeared unto all of us, mm -hmm. okay, uh, let me ask you this example. In Texas public school system, for example, we have free education. Yes, sir. In other words, free education has appeared unto all of us. But let me ask you a question. Do all people pass school? Or are all people educated? Are all people educated? Education right. has been made available. It's been made available. But are all men educated? So in other words, people have to actually go to class. They yes, have to sir. actually do work. Yes, seeing sir. they call that their part. Uh -oh. That doesn't take away the fact that they have that grace yes, or sir. that free education. It doesn't deny that at all. Just like we doing our part exactly. when it comes to grace doesn't deny the, the gift of God that we have by his grace. Amen. I mean, well, you're about to open up a can of worms when we're talking about the, the educational system. But, the, but, that's, absolutely, but that's absolutely true. And, and you know, uh, it, education is also a gift of God. And if we don't take advantage of that, then uh, we are the ones who suffer from it. So, Correct. again, I agree with you. And I, I took that, that individual that interrupted me. I said, just keep reading. And when that's we right. got to verse number eight, then we dispelled the rumor that it is grace only. Now, granted, we do need God's grace in order to be saved. That's God's part. He gave that which we did not deserve. Right. But it's up to us to embrace it. We have to embrace it that the that's way right. he says. Uh, well, there's another one. And, Brother Green, I'm going to pass this one on to you. Okay. Uh, if I read Acts chapter 16 and I look at verse number 31, for example, and um, they said, Sirs, what must I do? This is verse number 30. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. So some people say that belief, and if I look at the word belief and I look at the word faith, they both come from the same word of pistis, pistial. Right. Uh, so a lot of times they're interchangeable. So some people will go to this very passage and say, well, all you have to do is have faith. All you have to do is believe. Right. And that alone is what it takes to be saved. How would you answer that, brother? Well, well I would answer that based on the fact that this evidence of conversion that we have in the New Testament was no different than any other evidence of conversion we have in the New Testament. Salvation comes not by faith only, believing in God, trusting that God is going to do what he says he's going to do, mm -hmm. but there's action that always accompanies with that. Yes, sir. If you go to this household, if you go to Cornelius' household or to the eunuch or even those people on the day of Pentecost, all of them had to act on their faith. Mm -hmm. All of them had to show or prove their belief simply by what came before. If you go over to James chapter 2, for example. Yes, sir. Yes, James gives us a great illustration on what we're supposed to understand, what we're supposed to do when it comes to God's will. 
See, if you simply, uh, let, let's say, for example, Mike, you said, Archie, I got $2 million in the car and it's yours. Mm -hmm. Well, if I sit right here, somebody else is going to take advantage of that $2 million. Amen. I'm sure these other guys heard that statement. <laughs> Brother Reed will beat you to it. <laughs> but what it has to do is I've got to get up and I've got to move and I've got to respond in a yes, favorable sir. way. Yes, Not sir. just Action. the way or the manner in which I want to. Right. I've got to really do what God asked me to do. So look at uh, verse uh, chapter 2, verse uh, 17, for example. Uh, excuse me, let me back up. Uh, verse 14, if you don't mind. Not what does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he had faith and hath not works? Can faith save him? Or the understanding is, can save faith by itself save him? Can right. faith only save him? Mm -hmm. And watch the question. If a brother, for example, excuse me, if a brother or a sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding, ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Amen. And, and the major point, we always have to understand, God has never expected man to do nothing. If exactly. you go all the way back to the That's beginning, right. Right. Adam in the garden was expected to dress, dress. Him. He was mm -hmm. expected to name. Mm -hmm. He was expected to do his part, even though he had no benefit in the garden being there in and of itself. He still was responsible. God did not say just sit around and take advantage of what my gift has given you. Amen. He commanded him to do his part. And that's the beautiful part about this on this situation. And also, Mike, if you don't mind, uh, go to Hebrews chapter 5. Look at the great example we have from God's son. Yes, sir. Uh, God's son yes, sir. himself just simply says uh, to us uh, that by his actions, mm -hmm. we have to know that he is that great example that he's been given us. So right. watch what it says in verse uh verse 8 of chapter 5 of mm -hmm. Hebrews. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Amen. Christ in the garden, remember, he asked on occasion to have this removed from yes, him. Sir. But what did he know that we should understand? Just because I want it done my way doesn't mean that there's salvation or there's fruition, that culmination of what is going to benefit all of us going to come to that part. Amen. The only way to go to where God needs us to be sometimes is to go through that process which he has for us. Amen. Some people, because uh, they don't fully understand things right. or maybe because they don't totally believe things, this is what stops them from having that faith that God desires for us to have. Amen. But again, the Bible is true. Amen. It has the word that we need. And he simply says, and being made perfect. He became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Absolutely. Obedience plays this role in salvation. Amen. I can believe as strongly as I want to believe, Mike, but at the end of the day, if I don't act on what I believe, then I believe in vain. You know, uh, let me let me go back to James chapter 2. You are absolutely right in everything that you've just said. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to read one verse. Okay. And typically when a person says belief is all that it takes, having faith is all that it takes, mm -hmm. this is one verse that I read. Verse number 19. Okay. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well, the devils also believe and tremble. They tremble. Now, there is no one who in their right mind believes that the devils are saved. Right. That's right. If they were saved, they would not be called devils. Right. But they believe. Right. And, Mike, I just want to point out that one of the misconceptions is that many uh, use uh, Luke 7 and 50 and 8 and 12 mm -hmm. and Ephesians 2 and 5. But I would beg them to read it in the proper context in exactly. which it was written. However, faith is necessary when we're looking at obtaining salvation. The writer says in Hebrews eleven six that 
For without faith it is impossible to please God. Mm -hmm. Says, he that cometh to God, first of all, he must believe that God is. Yes, sir. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But Amen. faith alone won't work. Amen. Because when, even when we look at one of the great the great commission in Mark 16 and 16, he that believeth and, and. is mm -hmm. baptized. So it lets us know that those that believe had to do something besides their believing in Christ. So faith without works is dead. dead. Yes. So grace alone doesn't save. Faith alone doesn't save. But what about this? Somebody says, well, I, I, I'm going to accept God's grace and, I'm, and I have my belief. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call upon the name of the Lord. That's what I'm going to do. And a number of them go to Acts chapter 2 and look at verse number 21. Mm -hmm. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so a lot of folks say, all I have to do, whether I'm in my kitchen cutting up carrots or if I'm in my closet, you know, with the lights off, all I have to do is call upon the name of the Lord and I'll be saved. Brother Reed, let me... Let I'm me glad you brought that up, Mike, because I run across people that had that same concept. And the call on the Lord comes from a Greek word, meaning to call upon for salvation. Uh -huh. The question is, how is this done? And it's done by obeying the commands of God. I want brother, uh, my brother here to get Romans chapter 10 for me right. while I continue to speak. But I want you to know that if this was so, that when Peter was preaching, why didn't he stop preaching? Absolutely. It lets us know that they had to understand how calling on the Lord was done. And the question is, is that if we're honest, many people use this terminology, call, terminology calling upon the Lord, but many simply don't know how this is done Amen. concerning God's will. Amen. What does it say there? What do you want me to read? Brother Green, Romans chapter 10, starting with verse uh, 13 through 17. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Mm -hmm. How then shall they call on him? See, in he should have stopped there, believed? but he didn't. He says, how shall they call on him uh -huh. in whom they have not believed? We just finished reading it. It has to be, something else has to be accompanied with that. Absolutely. And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Yes, sir. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who had believed our report. That's right. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen. And, and Brother Crosby, uh, if you will, when, when they use that terminology, call upon the Lord in, in the book of Acts, remember Peter preached unto them, and they said, the Bible says that they were pricked in their heart and asked Peter, as brethren, men and brethren, what shall we do concerning mm -hmm. salvation? Peter says, repent and be baptized. It lets us know that calling or just simply saying something. And one of the misconceptions is people that people want to call on the Lord and they want to be saved instantaneously without doing nothing, right. without works. And that's not how God operates. God Amen. operates the same as he did in the book of Acts. When you look at the conversions, Peter says, if you want to be, you obtain this salvation, you have to repent and be baptized for right. the remission of your sins. In other words, God did his part. But there's a part that we have to do. Yes. Right? And so when you say calling upon the name of the Lord, uh, there is something that we have to do. Why is it then that, like you said, after verse 37, when they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Why didn't Peter just say, call upon the name of the Lord? Right. But exactly. remember what he did tell him. Right. Well, and, and, and I think I think that's a very solid point, Mike, because, you know, Peter could have said, well, just say this little prayer. Mm -hmm. He could have said, just simply call upon the name of the Lord. Mm -hmm. He could have said, uh, go over here and pick up this stone. Mm -hmm. 
I think it's ex I think it's expedient to understand what he did say, and this is where we have to contain ourselves and make sure we understand exactly what God's will is. He said, "Repent and be baptized." Yes, sir. For and he gave him a reason. That's for right. For the remission of sins. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Because you have to understand completely, as Reg had me read in Romans chapter ten, you have to completely understand why you're doing this process. Exactly. Uh, the Bible says in Ephesians five seventeen, "But be no longer unwise." Yes, sir. But knowing what the will of the Lord is. Yes, sir. Uh, too oftentimes in our society, people because they don't want to do their due diligence or because there are some deceitful men out there Amen. that mislead That's people. Right. Amen. We have right. those two categories and we always have to make sure that we are in a position to distinguish the difference between the two because those people who are ignorant of God's will, we mm -hmm. want to treat them one way. Amen. Those people that are being deceitful, That's we right. definitely want to treat them a different way. Yes. Right. So it's a situation where we can't right off the bat just assume everybody's trying to be wrong in this mm -hmm. situation. Some people have been mistaught. And as Brother Reed said, all we got to do, do sometimes is open up the context of the passages and make sure that they fully understand. If you go to the Old Testament, Psalm 119, 160, for example, says, the sum of thy word is true. That's right. yes, not just pick a verse here, not just pick a verse there and hope that you're okay. Right. Exactly. Uh, when I was growing up in school, uh, Mike, we used to have these things called cliff notes. Yes, sir. And, you know, they became real popular. I don't mm -hmm. know about you or not. But, yeah, they were there. <laughs> you know, some people would sit up there and say, don't read the whole book. Just get the That's cliff right. notes. Mm -hmm. That's right. And what would end up happening is you would fail the test anyway. Absolutely. Because That's the right. teacher would always read the book, and she would put things in there. They weren't Not in the cliff notes. notes. That's right. Amen. And we have the same situation to do in today, and we need to make sure that gospel preachers, we as gospel preachers, make sure we give the whole counsel of God Amen. and not just a portion of it. And see, that's the whole thing. Uh, a lot of folks don't want this book, the Bible, has 66 books, 39 in the Old Testament, right. 27 in the New Testament. And folks, they say, that's a lot of reading. Just give me the cliff notes. Give me the cliff and so notes. when they say, call upon the name of the Lord, that's all they heard. Right. But they forget the Bible continues in Acts chapter 22, verse mm -hmm. number 16, where Paul himself right. has to actually obey. Right. Jesus got his attention. And now he sent Ananias to him, and Ananias is telling Paul in verse number 16, at the time his name is Saul, he says, And now why tarriest thou? In other words, what are you waiting for? That's right. Arise, get up, and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. If you want to know how to call on the name of the Lord, the Bible tells you how to call on the name of the Lord. Right. It's not just standing there saying, Lord, come, Jesus, come into my heart. That's right. He says he had to stop wasting time. He had to get up. He had to be baptized and have his sins washed away. And all of that was called calling on the name of the That's Lord. That's centered around right. obedience. Amen. That's all about obedience. obedience. Now, now, now uh, Brother Archer, you brought up one that says... Um, how about saying this prayer? You know, uh, folks say, you know, when it comes to salvation, I believe I'm going to accept God's grace. And all I have to do is say the sinner's prayer mm -hmm. and I'm a child of God. Now, mm -hmm. brother, <laughs> um, um, I looked in my entire Old and New Testament. Yes, sir. And I cannot find a sinner's prayer unto salvation. So I can't could you either. could you could you help us out with that one? Saying the sinner's prayer is how we save today. Some people believe. Well, I believe uh, I believe the basis of this, Mike, if you will, uh, comes from James chapter five, verse yes, fifteen. Mm -hmm. uh, if you notice, the text says, "And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, mm -hmm. and the Lord shall raise him up. Mm -hmm. And if he has committed sins, they mm -hmm. shall be forgiven so, him." So they take this and they run with it, like we're talking about with the other verses. Mm -hmm. Again, you're taking one verse out of the context of what the elders were required to do in this situation, and you're mm -hmm. simply saying, all I have to do is simply get by mm -hmm. with just a little bit. 
Now go back to what Brother Reed had said earlier about Hebrews eleven six. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Mm-hmm. Now that term diligence means to push forward and push forward in such a way and a manner that it's unmistakable that it's going to be a continuing and aggressive type of search. Yes, sir. Uh, when I was a little boy again at my mama's house, she said, boy, go get that purse. And I come back in about 30 seconds, I can't find it. <laughs> but that wasn't good enough for mama. See, because mama said, I know where the purse mm-hmm. is because it's my purse. Mm-hmm. I need you to go back in there mm-hmm. and find my purse. Mm-hmm. The same thing here with, with the prayer situation. Uh, we've had many, many religious people come through, Mike, and they will simply say, if you say this prayer, this is acceptable. I've even read this in a lot of books when I go to the Christian bookstores. Amen. Almost each and every article, almost each and every book will have at the end of it or in the preface, all you got to do is simply say this little prayer, and as you said, invite Jesus in your heart. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the whole context of the fact is you can't find it within the written word. Amen. And if you can't find it in the written word, we should not get into a situation where we feel like this is where I have to go. Look at James chapter 1. Yes, sir. Verse 21. Mm-hmm. He says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able, able to save, save your, your souls. souls. We're saved by the Gospels, Romans 1.16. We understand exactly what it is. Now, if you drop down, Mike, to verse 22, but again, what we were talking about all this time, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your, your own selves. That's right. If a prayer would have done it, let's go back to Acts chapter 2 with Peter, mm-hmm. he would have showed us that prayer. Amen. If a prayer would have done it, Christ himself would have said it on that road to Damascus. Absolutely. And given it to Saul and everything would have been A-OK. Mm-hmm. If the prayer would have been OK, we wouldn't have to worry about not continuing in the apostles' doctrine as we find in Acts chapter 2, we would just simply come up with our own situation over and over again. And look at Romans chapter 10. That's right, Notice what the point. Bible says here. 9 uh, 10. Romans 10, it says, Brethren, uh, excuse me, verse 1 of Romans 10, Brethren, my heart's desire and yes, prayer to sir. God for Israel is that they might, might be, be saved. saved. Mm-hmm. For I bear them record that they have a zeal, zeal for, for God, God, but not, not according yes, to knowledge. knowledge. That knowledge that Jesus saves, Amen. based on the information we have. Watch mm-hmm. this, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness mm-hmm. and going about to establish their own righteousness, right. have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Salvation is in submitting to God's righteousness, not coming up with my own plan, Amen. because my own plan can't save in the first place. Now, uh, let me let me piggyback. You gentlemen are doing an outstanding job in dealing with these topics, uh, especially that part about saying a prayer, because if anybody's prayer should have gotten through, it should have been Jesus. Right. But in Gethsemane, right. he prayed the same prayer three times, right. and right. guess what he had to do? He still he had, had to, to obey right. his will. Father's will. And another yeah. misconception is that many go to Acts chapter 10 dealing with Cornelius. Yes, sir. And so forth. But you have to ask the question, what was Cornelius praying for? Was he praying for a home? Was he praying for a car? No. His prayer came up, came up as an arm before God. And, and, and I always say that God answered him indirectly. And what I mean by this is right here. When many people pray to God and the way they use it now, mm-hmm. they want to pray and then God says, okay, you're saved now. Mm-hmm. But that's not how it happened. Amen. God sent Peter. And then if you read within the text, you'll find that Peter even told them the mission of the man of God to yes, preach. Sir. And the teaching. So Peter preached under him, but also uh, Cornelius, along with his kinsmen and his mm-hmm. near friends or close friends, they were commanded to be baptized, verse 47 and 48. And so we know that prayer alone doesn't work because, because although he prayed when he got there, he still had to hear the word of God. Amen. Goes back to Romans chapter 10. And then after hearing 
uh, Peter says, now we come to the time where you're, you're commanded to be baptized. Yes, sir. And so that's what happened. And so that's the misconception sometimes that many have. They'll use Acts chapter 10, but sometimes they won't use it in its contextual setting. Amen. Now, now gentlemen, uh, we've dealt with grace only, mm -hmm. faith only, calling upon the name of the Lord only, saying a prayer only. And when you went to uh, Romans chapter 10 earlier, mm -hmm. you also dealt with confession only. Okay. Because, uh, you know, some people say all you have to do is make a confession. And, well, and I, I just want to go ahead and point out in, in Acts chapter 8 with the Ethiopian eunuch, on the, when they were on the road, he and Philip, and he says, here's water, what doth hinder me from being baptized? Mm -hmm. I mean, the only reason why we heard a confession from the eunuch to begin with is because he said he wanted to be baptized. baptized. And so he says, well, you know, what, come on, tell me. What do, you, what do you think? What do you believe? What's well, on your mind? I like uh, Romans chapter 10 to press for time and, and uh, verses 9 and 10. Mm -hmm. He said that if I, thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believe it, uh -huh. the key word here is unto uh -huh. righteousness. Uh -huh. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. My right. point is when I got ready to come over here this morning, I drove my car. And my, God, my car brought me unto the building. But in order to get into the building, That's right. I had to get out. You had to get out of the car and get into the building. And so the confession only brings you unto, unto salvation. Belief only brings you unto, unto. But when you get go to Galatians 3 and look at verse 27, mm -hmm. those of you who have been baptized into Christ. And so if we look at Ephesians 1, verse 3, all spiritual blessings are. in heavenly places are in Christ Jesus. So and baptism puts us into Christ and Jesus. And Paul used that too in Romans 6, thereabout, that baptism puts one into, into. Christ. And so yes, sir. those things, they bring us unto, but... Once we get onto, then we have to get into. Into. Well, gentlemen, you know, our time has expired. And like I said, we could deal with this topic another 30 minutes real easy. But I want to take the time to thank my two very distinguished panelists, Brother Green from the Downtown Church of Christ and Brother Reed from the Fourth Avenue Church of Christ. We know we sail through many storms in this life, and there's only one place where shelter can be found, and that right. shelter is found in Christ Jesus. Right. But we have to be in Christ Jesus according to the Scriptures. According to the Scriptures, we need to hear His Word, believe it with all of our hearts, be willing to repent of our sins and embrace the life that He has for each and every one of us. We have to be willing to confess, not only with our lips, but with our life, that He is the Son of God and the Lord of our existence. And right. then we complete our obedience and get translated into his kingdom when we are baptized for the remission of our sins in water. Not a sprinkling, not a pouring, but a complete burial. Right. This is Mike Crosby. I'm with the South Garland Church of Christ. May God bless you. We'll see you next time. We'd like to thank you for watching our broadcast today. If you would like copies of our materials, feel free to contact us at the number and email address at the bottom of your screen and they can be sent to you at no charge. May God continue to bless us all as we walk our life according to the scriptures.